Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Driving Love Field podcast. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MLB Clown. I mean, MLB Nerds. Uh, I'm here with my co host, Ryan. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Ryan Garcia ESM. You can find, uh, I'm here with my other co host, James. You can find him on Twitter at James Valentinas. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Drive Pod. Um, and in today's episode, we're doing second baseman. Um, second baseman, I don't think it's too controversial of a list in, in general. Um, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. There are a couple of interchangeable spots, but I think I would say the top 13 guys are all pretty much the, the kind of what you want. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't really get, I think that was the, the, the list I got the least amount of shit on when I posted them. Um, Biel, that's because you, you didn't put a prospect in your top 10. That's a good point. I, I didn't. For t- second base? Yeah, I didn't. There's really no second base prospect. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, they're all short stuff. Honestly, I'll, I'll say this, though. Um, like, I, I think I think if Taylor Walls gets enough playing, I'm not, I know he's not a second baseman, but if he gets enough playing time, he'll be very good. He's such a defender. And well, he he's pretty good. Yeah, I like right. Taylor Walls. I do, too. Um, honorable mentions. We'll do two honorable mentions as always. I assume you guys have honorable mentions, right? Yeah, yes, I just don't I know do. who's actually a second baseman or not. Okay. Uh, honorable mention number one is going to be Gene Segura for me. Really mm-hmm. decent. Didn't crack the top 10, but he's a decent player. Future White Sox. Um, and number two for honorable, honorable mentions is Tony Kemp. Breakout season last year. Super cool guy. Um, he's a decent fielder. He's, he's a pretty good, solid player. Again, just misses out on the top 10 here. All right, uh, for me, I have. Go ahead. Uh, I have Whit Merrifield as an honorable mention. Plays every day, can kind of not really hit, but whatever. So also a team, I, team player, you know, team, shows player, team leader, you know, just moves the baton. And um, I got Jeff McNeil of the Mets. Uh, my honorable mentions, I have Tony Kemp, and I'm. This is my twelve. And at 11, I had uh, Nick Madrigal, um, and that was my other honorable mention. Whoa. I really like. Whoa! You know, what? <laughs> That's I like so high. high. <laughs> How That's is that high? high? I have him at 20. I think he's he really okay. that good. Like he's a he's over like performance wise he's been good right so if you don't like projections he's hit very well defensively. That's it's weird because he grades a good defender. Um, and I think he will be a good defender going forward. His defense has been weird across like DRS, UZR, and OAA because they've disagreed every single year on how good he has been. Um, and then his offense, he's a 104 project WRC plus hitter. He was a 113 last year, 111 the year before. He's probably a better hitter than Gene Segura is. Probably. Like he's hit better than Gene Segura has over the last couple of years. Um, I, 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 I think it's a toss up. I Like if you have Gene Segura, you could have Nick Madrigal as low as like 18. I don't care. I'm at 20. I think that's like kind of high. I I was like trying to put him higher. Like I I was making an effort. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Because Madrigal, so I know it's a small sample size. Madrigal's out hit Segura. And he projects better than Segura. Probably like, isn't it like 30, 300 play appearances? Right. But he also projects to be better than Segura. Does he? Offensively. Yeah. 104 to 102. He has less. That's the same thing. Yeah. Like also, it's really marginal. And Segura is it? Here's the thing. When you get to that point where it's like very little difference and Segura realistically has played better for longer. And whether you think that's like that, that matters or not, like, I think it matters. 
I, I didn't really consider it. I mean, it matters, but also like he's just, you know, Madrigal's performance is so volatile, right? Like he could, I would not be surprised he goes up there and puts up a 115 WRC plus because it was a hit tool, but I could also see him getting in a, some, you know, some bad luck and he doesn't walk. So it's like, you know, I think that his, his style of play, you kind of have to, I would, at least I kind of lean more conservatively on where I ranked him um, just because he's very unique. Like there's not many players like him at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really see a world where he could be in that, that top 11. I, don't no, I think that's like way too high. Well, for him. Look, welcome to the world in which Nick Madrigal is potential top 11 second baseman. Um, but well, I definitely think he has the potential. I just wouldn't put him there yet. Also, I would say this. So um, if you look at per 600, uh, for projections, it's Simeon, Lowe, Altuve, Albies, Marte, Torres. Lame- I'm counting guys who I actually I considered second baseman, so I'm skipping over like Toro, Lemayhu, Muncy, Arise. Uh, then it's India, Cronenworth, Palomino. Are you reading off your list? Wait, you're reading off your list. No, this yeah. is not my. This is not my list. This is not my list. No, he's uh, reading off steamer projections. Yes, Lestel, Lux. No, I promise you, this wasn't my list. Let's, my point let's move is, on. He's like around the eleventh range, so you know, yeah. I can justify Dude, this. People will call me a steamer merchant and then like, you'll do this. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Dude, I'll, I'll tweet. And like, people think it's a joke. No, I'm serious. I just look at steamer WRC plus and then decide for myself whether I like a player's defense or not. That's how I rank players. That's it. That's all I do. Yeah, That's literally I don't really understand why people, and people don't hate that. me. I don't get it. People, are people should hate me. I don't, I don't know why people, people just don't like me and that's okay. I'm like but, Tim Anderson, you know, like I should regress. Like people should hate me a lot more. I should not be like I should not. People like you're very likable. I would say I I would say I'm likable to a certain extent. People kind of a dickhead. I'm I'm, a dickhead. I'm, I'm the most yeah, likable. Like a, I'm three. like what you would call a lion. You know, like you know how lions are. You know, they're when they're 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 very tame until they're you know attacked. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but yeah, no, I I think I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But anyways, let's let's get to top ten. Let's move on here. Let's do our our list here. I'll go ahead first. Um, my top ten. Um. Okay, number 10, I have Gleyber Torres. At number nine, I have Jeff McNeil. Number eight, I have Jonathan. Oh, we're just going to uh, go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're just going. Number seven, I have Ozzy Albies. Number six, Jay Cronenworth. Number five, Roy Polanco. Number four, uh, Jose Altuve. Number three, Cattell Marte. Number two, Brandon Lau. Mar- number one, Marcus Semien. All right, I'll go All next. Right. Um, at number 10, I have Gene Segura. At nine, I have Colton Wong. Eight. I have Jorge Polanco. Seven, I have Ozzy Albies. Six, Jonathan India. Five, Jake Cronenworth. Four, Catal Marte. Three, Jose Altuve. Two, Brandon Lau. And one, Marcus Simeon. My top 10, I have McNeil at 10. Torres at nine. Jorge Polanco at eight. Jonathan India at seven. Jake Cronenworth at six. Ozzy Albies at five. Catal Marte at four. Brandon Lau at three. Jose Altuve at two. And Marcus Simeon at one. Okay. Brandon Lau at three. I want to say real quick that mm-hmm. I want to say real quick that Marcus Simeon, I had a hard time putting him on. I did put him on because it can't really deny like he's really a good player. But I don't know how his swing's gonna play in Texas. I think it'll be fine. Like they gave him a big contract. You know, the Rangers front office knows more than me. Like I don't I, I think it was a good contract too. He's like a really he's a decent player, you know. But and, and I would say he's, he's might be a bit overrated to an extent, but I, he is. I don't, I don't know. I think that he could be as low as four. Um, I think that top four is pretty interchangeable. Um, I strongly, strongly disagree with that. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. The shit out of Simeon. Like- Marcus, okay. 
Here's the thing. Um, Marcus Simeon hit his 90th percentile outcome this year. Like this is like the absolute best it gets for him. It, he's, he's done it twice. Him. He's done it no. twice. Okay. Oh, hey, hey, hear me out. Hear me out. Sure hear, me out. hear me out. I think Marcus he's the best Simeon. player in baseball at second base this year. That's why I put him as the best second base. I think he's the best one year. too, but I don't yeah, think yeah. it's by a big margin. And I think you're going to see like, this is like, that's, this is <clears> what he did last year is, a combination of just everything going right for him. And that's fine. Like, that's cool. He, that's, okay, so that's if fine. he's a 90th percentile outcome is a 131 WRC+, plus, then what's the 138 that he put up two years ago? It's a similar – that's seven – like, That's what, like barely – yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, in terms of his – Seven, I'm seven points is quite a bit when you're getting that production. high. Okay, he had, like, a, what, an eight-war season this year? Like, that's what I'm referring to, right? Like, Are you talking about R-war or F-war? Yeah, uh, whatever. You know what I mean. Like, his total war production. Like, I don't think – so, there's a couple things. So, his BSR was very high. Base running doesn't really carry well with age. That stuff doesn't go well together. Yeah, but Two, he's always been a good base runner. That, again, he's not getting line on speed. He's yes, age is a thing. <laughs> he's right? 30. He's 31. He said it's not, it's not, it's, age, and he said he hasn't. It's okay. not. It's, you're, I'm not you're saying you're it's talking about his age, like he's 36 years old. I'm, but that's what I'm saying is speed doesn't speed particularly has a sharper decline. I don't think his base running is going to be as good as it was last year. For the his leader defense, in BSR this year was 33 years old. Okay, that's stalling Martin. That's a stolen base thing. And again, that doesn't just because it happened that year doesn't mean it's going to happen again. As for the offense, Jack mentioned it. He's in a very it's not a favorable situation for him. If he had gone to the other team in Texas, I would be saying he's going to probably win AL MVP because park factors matter a lot when we're talking about production for next year. And I think that Simeon was put in a situation where he was just very fortunate to be playing in a very short left field. And that's why he was so good. Now he's very good on his own from talent wise. No one's denying that, but I don't think it's going to be another seven more season. And I think the gap between him and Brandon Lau and Ketel Marte and Ketel Marte is another interesting player. Um, and Jose Altuve, it's marginal. It's not that huge. And I wouldn't be shocked if any of those guys outplayed him. That's just how it, it like, it, it's a lot of players randomly just aren't as good as they were before. And that's because they were never good enough to consistently be that. And I think Simeon is just one of those guys. Yeah. I, I think like, I don't know. I, I had, like I said, I couldn't really put Simeon lower than one, but I could also put him at four. Like I felt like, you know, the top four is definitely the first tier and there's no like clear one. And yeah, I kind of agree with what you said. Um, you know, and I, I trust that James is, you know, incredibly impartial here and, you know, his love for Marcus Simeon. Um, but yeah, I want to also, also talk about Ketel Marte. Obviously Ketel Marte is somewhat of a meme on baseball Twitter and, you know, the majority of our listeners baseball that's a great guy right there Catel Marte is a really good player right obviously he's not as good as you guys are saying it's like like real let's be real all right he's a good player I would probably put him at three I don't really think Altuve is better than him um but like I again very marginal difference like almost nothing but I I don't really think I don't know I I don't I don't think we're going to see another performance like 2019 or even like 2021 over a larger sample size of course um, but obviously really good hitter. I like low a bit better than him as loud, excuse me, a bit better than him. Um, I got a lot of shit for that. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about Marte in general? I think Marte. Okay. So I think that Marte is the most talented. Like, I think he has the highest ceiling of that group. Um, because I think he has the potential to be the best hitter of the group. Um, and he probably is 
the second best defender behind Simeon in that group of four. Um, because Altuve and Lau don't really bring much defensively to the table, at least Altuve not anymore. Um, I I don't like Marte as much because of the injury issues. Like the volatility with him is a lot greater than the other two, three guys I had ahead of him. That's why I put him at four. I wouldn't be shocked if he was the best second baseman in baseball. I wouldn't be shocked if he played 40 games and we were back in this discussion about how good is Cattell Marte actually. Um, you know, I'm rooting for him. He's a really likable player, but, you know, he's just volatile and he's not like a great enough defender at second outside of DRS to support, you know, the idea that he's like a top 10 player or top 15 player anymore. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think I had him pretty high. I'm in the top, obviously 2019. I I had a, a different way of evaluating players, right? I had him in the top 10. That was just how good his season was. Yeah. Um, looking back, like I shouldn't have had him in the top 10. That was, I'll give Mark credit there. He was like, Kind of shitting on me for that a couple of years ago. On, on who for for having who in the top ten? Cattell Marte. In twenty nineteen. Well, you were you were right. No, no, I was talking about not just the season. I'm talking about like in general, like as a general sense, Cattell Marte is a top ten player. Oh, player in yeah, the entire. I'm mainly saying league. right. No, I'm mainly saying like, like um, his season was just so good. Like people overreact to that, myself included. And does he can he hit that again? Like, yeah, he definitely can. Like, I wouldn't be too surprised, but I, I wouldn't really I'd, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty surprised. One from an availability standpoint, and two from a 150 WRC plus standpoint. He was so really it's kind of interesting. We're talking about a player who not even three years ago would be considered like this is a guy who can be, you know, an MVP candidate, you know, seven. Oh, I definitely player. think I definitely think he could be an MVP candidate, no. especially especially if he gets traded. I don't right. know. He, you could have a 10-win season in Arizona, you know, in the MVP. And it's not just because they're bad. It's also because it's Arizona. But do you get what I'm getting at here? Like, he just randomly wasn't as good as he was before for no explicable reason. Or maybe that wasn't his true talent level. Hint, hint, Marcus Simeon. Just, it's just a little callback, you know, the conversation we just had. Well, but. I- Martin Simeon are very similar in the sense that they both had great seasons in 2019 and 2021 and struggled in 2020. Yeah, no, I think that there's, but, I think Simeon and Martin are the most talented in this group. Um, but I definitely think they're the two, I would say they're the two best players. The reason I have Marte so low is because he gets hurt all the time. Yeah, um, that's basically and, it. And so Lau and Altuve, and I know Marte, like 135 games over the last two seasons isn't terrible, but Lau and Altuve are playing every single day. So, yeah, the gap I between Marte, yeah, go Lau's ahead. not, Lau's, Lau's not because of the fucking Rays, but like, whatever. I, he played, he played 150 games last year. So, Lau's yeah, another interesting one. Wait, go ahead. Lau's just going to be really good. I think, I think Lau in general is really underrated when I was doing the list with Xavier Scruggs, you know, I, I, I had him, I think I had, I think it like what two, and I think it's where you put him as well. Um, Lau is super underrated. So I, I agree. Okay. I want to push back on one thing when it comes to Lau. Um, I don't like, I think, okay. So last year, if you look at his chase rate, like it was really high. Uh, it was 29.1%. In 2019, it was 29.4%. 2020 was an outlier, 23.6%. So over the last three years, and two of those last three years, and two of those being the 
last two full seasons we've, we've seen of Brandon Lau. He has not shown great play discipline ability. Um, and I don't think that his play discipline, I, I don't think he's walking 11.1% of the time. And this is why I put him below Altuve. Because I think that they're really the same hitter. And I think Altuve might be a little bit better offensively. Um, not better power-wise, but definitely better play discipline-wise. Um, and Altuve just, he has the right field. So, you know, he's probably going to produce more. Um, but I, I don't like, okay. I think Brandon Lau is underrated to like the average baseball fan, but I think at this Domino's, point. We're giving away $50 million in <laughs> Did you play Nice that? one, Jack. Oh, you can hear the commercial? Yeah. <laughs> I was putting the Lakers in that, got out of the background. Who would watch the Lakers like willingly? Anyways. I, I, oh, money? Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I saying about low? Oh, chase rate. Yeah. Okay. Low, loud, what, how the fuck you pronounce it? It's loud. He chases a lot. He ch- chases a lot. Chases a lot. I don't think he's, I don't think he's like underrated to the point by like most people who know what analytics are and have a basic understanding of them. Like, I don't think, I think a lot of people are overlooking a lot of those things. Um, yes, he's a Tampa Bay Rain. He is going to get overlooked by the average fan. Hits the ball hard. Sure. Great. I don't think he's going to walk more than like 8% of the time next year. Um, or 9% of the time next year, I'll give him that. Um, and Altu would be a little bit better because he's probably a better defender. They'll have some more WRC pluses, and yeah. But Lau's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, I have one major question for you, Ryan, and Jack, I, I guess. Gleyber Torres at nine seems a little yeah, bit high to me. That's it's a not. steamer ranking for Ryan, for sure, because he's like a, a 115, 118 senior practice WRC plus. I consider which is which is insanely high. Yeah, I don't. It's not at all. I I don't think he's a a one eighteen WRC plus hitter per se, but I think he's definitely gonna be good enough to be in that top ten. Now, here's the thing, right? When he came back off of the injury uh, injury list last season, he I think had a one thirty WRC plus in September, and obviously that's way too small of a sample size. But you have to look at it this way. He started lifting the ball more. He started hitting the ball harder. He started striking out more. This is kind of the 2019 labor tour as we saw. Now, if he goes back to that approach full time, I, I don't think he's a 130 WRC plus hitter. I mean, if he, if he is, it'd be fucking great, but I don't think he is. I think we'll definitely see something closer to 2019 than we do 2020 and 2021. Um, just considering he really went with the DJLMA approach in, in these last years. So, my argument's rather simple. Um, Glaber Torres. 2020 struggles are vastly overstated um he if you combine okay so he was he came he he was not like when he first came in on 2020 start off slow was completely normal after you put his playoff and regular wrc plus and exploba together he had a very good year um so wasn't concerned about him in 2020 2021 that's the only bad season he's had in my eyes um and even then, he posted 331 expected win on base average, which would have been, I think, around like a 105 to 110 WRC plus. Uh, if you look at uh, who, are, I, if you look at like the Wobas of Yankee players, I think 331 average around a 105. Because uh, I think Luke Voigt had one, and whatever Luke Voigt's WRC plus, I'm going to look at Luke Voigt just to be accurate. But my what point is, what what's Clever Torres' hitting plus? I don't know what that is. I don't. Uh, oh, hitting plus. Oh, okay. Two things. It was one. Okay. 332 Woba is a is was Luke Voigt and that was a 111 WRC plus. Um, and then for hitting plus, now I remember. Now I know what you're referring to. I'm kind of no, stupid. I'm kidding. I was kidding. No, I know you were kidding. Yeah, I know you were. Kidding. I, I, didn't, no. I didn't process. I was like, <laughs> you mentioned hitting plus. Like, I don't fucking remember that being on Fangraphs. And I was like, wait, oh, 
But uh, yeah, Gleyber Torres is he's he barreled the ball a lot less this in 2020 than 2019, but he barreled the ball a lot more in the second half. I'm really not concerned about him offensively. Um, it sucks that he was bad this year. I'm not concerned, and I'm not going to be concerned. And if he sucks next year, I'll die on the hill and I'll just say I was wrong. But I don't think there are 10 better second baseman than him. And quite honestly, um, Glaber Torres is much more talented than 94 WRC plus hitter, and he has a better hit tool than most second basemen and decent enough power to work with. So, yeah. Okay. Um, why didn't you have right. Jeff on your top 10, James? What? Why did you not have Jeff McNeil in your top 10? Because he can't hit. Okay. What, what makes you think he can't hit? He can't hit. Like, he, he, he's, a, he's a juice ball, aren't you? What's your evidence for that? He couldn't hit last year. Well, he barreled the ball more last year and hit the ball harder last year than he did in 2020. And they, and they weren't hits. What matters is that he didn't get on base. Mm-hmm. He didn't slug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't walk. Mm-hmm. Fair. And he played terrible defense, ran the bases like David Ortiz, and had 0.5 war in 120 games. Okay. So I, I, don't, so I also don't know if he's going to play every day next year. Uh, I don't think he will. James, you want to uh, make a bet? Yeah, let's make yeah, a bet. He'll finishes in the top 10 among second baseman at F4. I'm not making that bet because I, I don't, think I don't it, trust defensive metrics. It's not only that I, I I wouldn't trust his defensive metrics, but I also wouldn't trust him to play enough games to do that because um, I do. I'm sure I'm making Escobar is gonna be there. Cano's gonna be there. Davis is there. Like I mean, Davis, Davis is not with Davis at third. Cano Davis is not playing third. They're third. Escobar at third. Okay, fine. Escobar at third and Cano at second. Cano is better than. No, McNeil, he's not. Probably. No, he's what? No, he's not. Cano, okay. Why didn't you rank Cano? <laughs> Dude, if- Cano, Cano is hard because uh, he didn't play last year, but he had a 142 WRC plus in 2020. And like, when he was on what? He was actually juiced. Like it wasn't the ball. He was juiced. He was, <laughs> uh, he was juiced. Yeah. But like, who says that Cano's not going to come back and do more fucking steroids? He's already done it once. It's a good point. That's a good point. He got busted for steroids, came back and did more steroids. You don't think he's going to do steroids drug again? testing, by the way, during the lockout? Not no, during, they don't drug I doubt, I doubt during the lockout they're doing it, but Cano... I saw I, a video clip of, of Trevor Bauer getting drug tested, so I wasn't sure. No, he's a loser. I hate him, so sad. I wonder if he's getting drug tested for other reasons, because... <laughs> Yeah, probably. How could the yeah, they can't there's no way they could actually they can't know they already said they're not drug testing. Oh great. Um, so Cano Cano is also um what we like to call an even year merchant. Uh 2014, 137, 2015, The only person that that what? applies to you like actually is Cody Bellinger. Everybody else doesn't apply to you. And, actually, and, sometimes and no, it's, not Garrison, he sucks. And it's an even <laughs> it's an even year 2022. So Robinson Cano is due for a 130 plus WRC plus next year. Okay. I, I think I think McNeil, um, he, I don't know. He 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 doesn't he doesn't slug. And when when mm-hmm. someone who doesn't slug isn't getting on base, it's like kind of it kind of gets ugly for him. 
you'll see that Jack starts using some of these points if Jeff McNeil gets traded to the White Sox. Like, it's going to be hilarious to see Jack suddenly go, you know, he might be a juice ball merchant. And I think we have to consider the possibility that Jeff McNeil is not actually good. I don't think he, and it it has, I I still think he's that good. I think he had a, he had a fluky season in 2019. What about 2018, 2021? 2020, excuse me. 2018 was, and 2020 he played, 60 also games. They don't count. And played so, 60 games. so if it's a fluke year, James, why does Steamer, which usually hates guys who have fluky years, like Tim Anderson, stuff like that, or okay. fluky years, why, Jeff why do they McNeil's, not hate Jeff McNeil? Jack McNeil's Babbitt was in the 340s for his first three years Same. As, a, as a solo second baseman who doesn't hit the ball hard. Actually, I okay, so I'm going to now make a take. Um, and I and you say he barreled the ball more. His I did, yeah, he best did. barrel season is four yes. percent. He, he doesn't barrel baseballs. I'm not saying he does. I said he barreled it more. <laughs> also, John Carlos Stan over the last since 2019 has 333 Babbitt. That's because he so hits I the ball it, hard. No, but he's going to regress because he sucks because he has a high but, Babbitt and he's slower than McNeil. That doesn't he matter. Sucks. He hits the ball hard, but he's slower than hit, McNeil. If you and he hit has a the high Babbitt. If so you hit sucks. the ball hard, your is going to be higher because your balls in play are James, harder. James, what do you field. think happens if you have a 24% line drive rate and have an extremely high opposite field ground ball rate? What do you think is going to end up? Boom. Happening? You know the Matt Nagy Wait. video? Oh, Which one? Boom. Boom. <laughs> you mean, <laughs> I no, I actually, I actually don't, but um, I hope Matt it's Nagy great. gets fired. Uh, anyways. Chicago loves – Oh, New York Giants love Matt Nagy. Let's Dude, get I can't Matt Nagy. Joe Judge, to be honest with you. I'm not, I, I, feel like, I feel like Joe Judge is worse than Matt Nagy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Joe, 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 Judge. Judge Joe Judge doesn't have that coach of the year in his trophy case. Joe Judge is like a pinnacle – the pinnacle of being a loser that I one day reached uh, – aspired to reach. Like, he's just so bad. All right. You could – I move, wish m- – Moving on. Um, I guess our other major differences – is I had Jonathan India higher than everyone else. Where'd you have him? Sixth. I had him seventh. That's fine. I mean, uh, I had Cronenworth a spot lower or whatever. I feel like we had like a pretty big consensus here. Uh, Jorge Polanco is what I'm confused about. Why do you guys have Jorge Polanco so high? No, it's it's good. not it's not you guys. Me, Ryan, oh, just Jack. All had him at eight, and Jack had him at five. Yeah, Jack. Why is he so high? Because he's, he's not. Probably, he was an outlier. Okay, but okay, that's a good. That's that's. Yeah, I'm not that's saying 2020. Point. I'm not yeah. saying 2020. I'm not saying 2020 is not an outlier. What I am saying though is he's a he is a god awful defender at second base, like god awful. God awful? Is he really yes. that god awful? Yes. Really? Really? He okay. The only metric he performs sure well in at second base is defensive runs saved, and yep. I'm willing yep. to bet the yep. farm. Yep. I'm willing to bet the and, yep. and, and that was timeout time. Three DRS. Why the hell did Three I call years. Jorge Lopez and not Jorge Polanco? Um, but I would like to shout out, I would like to shout out Jerry Reinsdorf on Twitter, uh, Luke, because he put me onto this article and some data that UZR is actually potentially, probably better for infielders than DRS is. And he was um, like, and not that bad. No, he had a negative 10 UZR. Yeah, he was pretty bad, but he wasn't that bad. <laughs> he, was, and he was fine. Defensive run saved exaggerates the – like, you have to scale down defensive run saved because it is uh, – for what for what I read in that article. So, again, I'm yeah, I mean, very I much generalizing. Knowledge. That's kind of co- – relative to OA and, and UZR. Yeah. Kind of knowledge. 
But I don't really my, think Corey Plog was a good defender. I just don't think he's that bad. Okay. And also on top of that, do you think he's do you think he's gonna just be a 120 WRC plus hitter again? Because that's I find that yeah, I find I that to be very unlikely. I actually do. Okay, because I, I don't I don't I don't necessarily believe that's happening because that? he had like a he had a, okay. So he had a 30% outside of zone swing rate this year. Um, and somehow walk 7% of the time. I don't know how that happens. I know 7% isn't high, but I don't see that happening again. Uh, quite honestly, I think his walk rate is going to drop a little bit. So his OEP is going to drop a little bit. His slugging percentage, he slugged 503. He's never slugged 503 in his career. He's not projected to slug 500. He won't slug 500 next year. So he'll have a WRC plus drop. Yeah, which they might. Like, why wouldn't he? Even when they had the balls juice, he slugged 45. Yeah. In his best year. He's still at a 120 plus. I don't really yeah, think. I don't think it's happening. Well, one, I've decided. Okay, so I'm making up a lot of things, right? I, all these stats are true, but I'm just going to say steamer, and that's it, because that's really my only good argument. Everything else is just me kind of making shit up. All the that's stats are like true that. that I just listed, but steamer. There we go. That's why okay. we need to so, start the policy that I'm a steamer merchant. That's, no, Ryan, I'm not even joking. Steamer is so much worse than Jack's, but let's move on, because um, I need to get out of here. We'll do top 10 second base. We'll go through the cumulative list. Um, at, at number one, unanimously, we had Marcus Simeon sucks at number two. We have Brandon Lau at number three. We have Jose Altuve at four, Cattell Marte, five, Jake Cronenworth, six, Ozzy Alvey, seven, Jonathan India, eight, Jorge Polanco, nine, Jeff McNeil, 10. We had a tie between Colton Wong and Gleyber Torres, but since I put Wong, I'm putting him 10th and Torres 11th. And then the only other person receiving votes was Gene Segura with one vote for me. I should have put Nick Magic on the top 10 just to get him a vote. Honestly, that would have been funny. He's not good. Like, yes, he is. I like Nick Madrigal. He's good. He's going to be good. He, he's the second best second baseman on his team. What? He's definitely better than Nico Horner. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's, he's better than Nico Horner at everything. Everything. Also, at so what? Nico Horner is okay, a okay, okay, like a okay, fifteen okay. outs above average defender per. Let's do something. Let's do per one hundred fifty games. We are going okay. to do some trolling just to mess with. Them. Okay. Do you have any questions but, from uh, the answer? I'm leaving. No, we have just outro. We have other things. We have. We're gonna do three players here. I'm going to tell you a player and you have to tell me if they're overrated or underrated or yeah. properly rated. Okay, fine. I have okay. I know. That's why we're doing it. Nick Madrigal led player number one, Xander Bogarts. I'd say he's underrated right now. Depending on who you talk to. Yeah, overrated. It's one or two. It's under. It's one underrated. or two. Depending on who you talk I'm, to. I have Xander Bogarts as underrated. I would it's depending who you talk to. Oh, by the way, you want to look at this... Uh, Nico Horner had nine outs above average at second base in uh like Nick Madrigal. You do not care. Nick you Madrigal care. has the same WRC plus since 2020 as Joey Gallo, Mitch Garver, Austin Nola, G Man Choi, and Chris Bryant. A better WRC plus than JT Rumuto and Jorge Polanco and Harrison Bader since 2020. Give it to me. Nick Madrigal is that guy. Let's Nico go. Horn- Nico Horner is right. like legitimately yeah. injury prone, though, which actually Brian Brian Reynolds overrated, underrated, or just right? Under. Overrated, 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 overrated. He's not, yeah, overrated. overrated. He's not that good. Harrison Bader is just as good. Um, next, and then Jose Barrios. Oh, Jose under, slightly underrated, slightly underrated. I just said under for all three of them, but Brian Reynolds, I feel like people overrate him. He's, he sucks. 
Okay. In 251 innings last year, Nico Horner had nine, uh, nine outs. Has he ever led? Has he ever tied with Joey Gallo in WRC plus over a two year stretch? No, because he he sucks. But because he sucks, he had a 104 WRC plus last year. We call that. We call that a step in the right uh, direction. But Nick Metric, oh, I'll stay in WRC. I'm going to tweet this. I'm tweeting this. I'm tweeting this. This is good. I'm going to get free likes. I like free likes. All so, right. Yeah, I'm a club merchant. Outro the podcast. Yes. Dude, that'll do it for this episode of the Deep Drive uh, in the Left Hook podcast. If you like what you saw, please give us a five-star rating. Um, uh, make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep Drive Pod. Make sure to follow James on Twitter at James Valentinez. Make sure to follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Garcia ASM. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alvinerns. It's been a deep drive left by Castellanos. We will see you in episode number 50. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.